Hey, 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 this is Evolve WMMA, and I'm your host, Shelly Devine. So I am pleased and excited to share with you my next guest. She's a dear friend and has been using Chinese and alternative medicine for over 20 years now. She apprenticed under renowned acupuncturist Kiko, and I hope I say her last name right, Matsumoto, and studied medical twina with Bill Helm of Pacifica College. And I can personally attest to uh, her skills as a healer, as an extraordinary healer. Uh, she saved me from a shoulder injury that I had um, during Brazilian Jiu Jitsu training. And she also, I, I blew up my knee um, practicing for a mud run and she definitely helped me with that. I was able to continue on keep, uh, you know, teaching and I didn't lose a step. I'd like to welcome my dear, dear friend, Kim Foster. How are you? I gotta give you a hug. Thanks so, so much for see having you. Me. Yes, it's awesome. I know. So um, we have a little bit of a history together. You wanna tell, you know, uh, share with um, our audience how you started in even martial arts training. Mm-hmm. Where did you start? How did we meet? Well, my massage therapist at the time suggested that I really needed to get some of my aggression out. And he had mentioned a place in Cambridge. And, um, and so I had gone there and I wasn't really too thrilled about the training. And then at the same time, the guy who was like the handyman around my house said, um, you know, because it was a lot of guys at the other place. And um, he just mentioned oh, there's this woman, you know, Shelly Devine, and she's amazing, and she teaches over at Sayyidah. And um, this mixed martial arts place, and you'll love Muay Thai, it's more street fighting, that's, you know, anyways, and he's like, you'll love it. So I ended up, um, I think I ended up just going to one of your classes. I think that's actually how we met. Oh, yeah. so it wasn't a cute guy that got you over there? It was. <laughs> It was very cute. <laughs> that was a bonus too. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, Kim started training with me, and, and you were kind of a little afraid, you know. But then too, you wanted to work out some aggression and anything else that you kind of went there to work out, like um, you know, to to kind of empower yourself, or was it anything about that? Or I mean, yeah, definitely. I had always like I really. I liked mixed martial arts, um, and yeah, I had always um, wanted to get into like, you know, sword fighting and all sorts of stuff, and I had just graduated from acupuncture school, so, um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't worked out in a really long time, and it was really just, I, I wanted the skill set. I had done some like self-defense training in the past, and I wanted the skill set. I wanted to get more confident in using my body again because I used to be very athletic when I was young. And um, so I really just wanted to get, you know, in better shape and get strong again. So it's kind of too um, where you did all the training with the acupuncture and all that healing arts because you were involved in some other, um, I, I looked at your profile and you were, you were um, training as, you know, um as in veterinarian school or something did you that was my other career yeah Yeah. in the veterinary field Mm -hmm. wow and so then you transitioned into the healing arts and how did you get into that like what what propelled you into you know changing careers like that well i had always wanted to go into medicine and but i didn't want to be a nurse and i didn't want to be a doctor and Mm. uh, just after seeing um how ineffective Western medicine was in treating um, conditions that my family had and my own conditions. Um, And then it was really, I was very much open to something else Mm -hmm. after seeing um, not so good results. So that's what sort of opened me up to alternative medicine. And um, it was just like life, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was, you know, a couple of car accidents, work injuries and, Mm-hmm. Um, it was really just finding this chiropractor that 
Institute and initially helped me. And through her colleagues within our practice, that's how I began to heal very deeply. And that's what exposed me to this medicine. And that's, that was like my final decision in the end to help people and go to school and get licensed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, bringing back, going back to the mix, um, mm -hmm. to martial arts and training and that. And, and I know um, I, I've had other people that I've worked with and the reason they were recommended to get into it was to, um, you know, deal with a, aggression and anger. Mm -hmm. And how did you feel, you know, training in say Muay Thai kickboxing helped you with that? Um, well, I think the first thing was, um, okay, it, I mean, just even, like, so I had been in acupuncture school, and it's, you know, we, we train ourselves to be able, you know, it's, it's very energetic the way that we need to meet people and how to treat them, and, um, and it's very gentle. You know, um, Twinar isn't so gentle, but, um, but yeah, I guess, um, I just, I guess like it was more about like all like the anger and aggression I sort of felt from my past and, mm -hmm. um, and growing up in, as a kid and things that happened in childhood and stuff. It just like kind of, it was a little bit addressed during acupuncture school, but not much. And, um, and I just had like a lot of energy that mm -hmm. I needed to release. And, you know, we just, and there's one of my specialties that I've, I have now is the treatment of PTSD and trauma in the body. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to move a lot of that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, Twina has been very helpful personally for me to do that and acupuncture, but it was more really that Muay Thai and like, and just like hitting the bag and really feeling like my own power and strength for the first time when, you know, I would like land a kick perfectly or even like the move, getting my body to move in that way. And it just, it really changed me in a lot of ways. And it actually allowed me to channel a lot of that over the, that two year period that I was doing mm -hmm. martial arts. Mm. How, how do you feel it changed you? Like what, what were the changes that you noticed? Um, you know, did you notice them in, you know, how you, in your relationships, did you notice them in your work ethic, how you dealt with your clients? Um, did it give you, you know, uh, self-confidence in areas that you didn't know that you had or? Yeah, definitely like the self-confidence. And um, like I'll, I'll always remember the first time, I think it was you that, um, that I got hit in the face cause I didn't move quick enough. And um, <laughs> it was good though, because afterwards, you know, I, I had a history, I was bullied as a kid or whatever. And, um, and so it was like really good that that happened. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm fine. I'm totally fine getting punched in the face now. Like it was, it was very, it was a very empowering moment. <laughs> And, um, and yeah, I guess just like the confidence in my body that again, like I could defend myself, um, if I was in a situation that I needed to. And, um, and again, it was really like using my body in a really different way and, and feeling like, you know, I feel like too, like it really, I mean, I did Qigong training for many years through my Twina practice or when I got, um, I was, I was taught to do Twina, we had to do Qigong as like a practice. And so that, that really helped me get in touch with my core energetically. But Muay Thai was more about like, I needed to be completely present in my body and really connected to like the strength of my core. Because as you know, in martial arts, like you, you have to have that intention and you, you have to be completely present or else, you know, you can get knocked wow. out, right? <laughs> yeah. Knocked in the face. Exactly. <laughs> or knocked in the face because you're very, you know, if you get distracted, like, you know, if you get distracted for one second, it could be over, you know? So I think it really taught me how to be like completely present in my body in a very different way than like Qigong did. Um, so and it was really coming at you fast. Exactly. And mm -hmm. it, it taught me how to, how to have more balance, mm -hmm. you know, um, mm -hmm. like physically and being, 
being on your tiptoes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being on your tiptoes. It's a very different kind of physical balance uh -huh. um, than Qigong, where like we're always standing flat-footed mm -hmm. um, with our first chakra, like pretty much like you know centered to the earth. We're just like very. It's very. It's a very different kind mm -hmm. of balance. And Muay Thai, it just really helps you to be prepared, mm -hmm. you know, for any kind. Anything that comes at you in a way, yeah, any external kind of any, pressure, exactly. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, that was really good. I don't even think I could could have come up with a, an answer like that. That was awesome. <laughs> 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 wow. So you you mentioned in that um, that you had been you know bullied as a young girl, and I mean, was how did can you do? Do you mind talking about it? Or, you know, when you were bullied, and then how you know it, it affected you in the present day? Because so many people, mm -hmm. I mean, that's such a big issue now in our culture about being bullied, and there's kids being bullied, and and too with uh, that you know to sidetrack that that um, thing down in Florida where the kid went in mm -hmm. and you know shot up a school. Um, you know, there was talk that that kid was bullied, mm -hmm. but. Um, how did that affect you as a as a young girl? Um, well, I think I had no like defense back then. Um, like I couldn't speak up. And, like I was a, I was a really good kid. I was a little bit of a nerd, and like I was really smart. And um, it began with someone that used to be my friend in elementary school, and. Um, you know, I think people just saw me as like a soft target. I had a very difficult um, home life. Mm -hmm. And I think they just saw something in me that they thought was like weak. And they could pick on you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I didn't say anything. Yeah. You know? Um, Do you think that is too because you're a kind person in, in heart? And, and then, you know, I mean, because I, I know like my daughter, I think she's real kind. And I think she experienced that too when she was in school and used to drive me crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when that happens to a kid. And I know a lot of fighters now have, you know, they, they come up and they're fighters now because they were possibly mm -hmm. bullied as, as young children, you mm -hmm. know, like, and it's just, and, and that's how they've kind of overcome that experience. Mm -hmm. But it, it was just your, you know, people said something weak in you, it's kind of... Well, I think it was too, like I was, I was definitely an empath. Like mm -hmm. everything that was a weakness back then is my strength now. Right. That's the big difference is that like I've made a career out of things that, um, you know, got me into a lot of trouble in the past, you know, just being like a sensitive and just being able to feel what other people feel and um, mm -hmm. just being like that open. Mm -hmm. um, vulnerable yeah yeah and yeah. um so yeah that was that was very early on yeah and then it brought you into you know your practice now I mean you you do acupuncture and mm -hmm. you help heal people now mm -hmm. and um and you help to empower people I know for mm -hmm. me like um I had these two injuries that I had I had a shoulder injury that I mean, it could have been torn. I don't know. I know it kept me up late mm -hmm. at night and um, you were kind of like kicking me in the butt saying, Jesus, you got a frozen shoulder. <laughs> no wonder you can't move it. Get in here. And, you know? and, and I'm like, oh man, I didn't even know. I just knew it wasn't working right. And I was in a lot of pain and, and I hadn't seen really a doctor, but um, you know, if, if um, I, I have actually a client now and I'm thinking of him right now is, is he's he's had a couple of surgeries I think on two different shoulders or something and and uh, one it's definitely torn and um, it's like how would you um, you know what would you recommend for for treatment like fighters come come up against this all the time I mean they they have knee injuries they you know where they're blowing their knees out during a fight camp or you know, they're tweaking their shoulders during their, you know, wrestling around with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So how would you recommend for them to stay healthy um, for recovery or even to, to keep from being injured? Yeah. Um, well, first off, what happens during an injury is that when the tissue is injured, the blood and the fluids come out of the cells. And then what we do in this, in this Western 
culture is that we ice and we rest. I mean, they're getting a little bit better about it now, but that's what we do. And so that blood pretty much just will sit there, right? And in Chinese medicine, what we do is as soon as possible, you may ice like immediately, but then it's pretty much not really affected after that. So we use a lot of Chinese liniments that help move that blood and energy and fluids out of the area so that new blood can come in. And we do right away after an injury, like we do acupuncture and light twina. Um, and that really helps to just begin the healing process of the limb. And the quicker that you get in there, the less time it's going to take you to heal from it. And then the quicker you will get back on your feet. Um, and people just like, that isn't part of our thinking. Yeah. To me, it's part of my thinking. And that, right. I, I, people I, was like, I can't, I can't have a down day. Exactly. Yeah. And most of my clients can't. Whether you're, you know, just an on-the-go mom or just like, you know, on the floor with young kids or professional athletes. Like, you know, people, especially here in Boston, like people are just like doing a million things at the same time and they can't afford a day down. You know? Not at all. Not at all. Um, the between that, I don't think um, our listeners may know what that is. Um, can you give a little description of, of what, I mean, I know what it is and I've mm. experienced it and I've been on the table uh, <laughs> and it's super effective, but it's not your typical massage, uh, yeah. say. Not at all. Twina just means push-pull and pinion, but it also just means Chinese massage. And um, there's many different styles of Twina. Um, the, the main thing that all of them have in common is that we generally move from the the inside of the body to the outside of the body, like from the shoulders down to the hands and the torso out to the limbs, right? Whereas like regular massage may move in toward the heart, right? We don't, mm -hmm. we don't think like that. So um, there's lots of different styles of Twina. I do a more of like a medical Twina that was done in hospitals in Shanghai. And Twina is very, very, very old. It's actually mm -hmm. older probably than acupuncture. Um, and what it was originally used is, you know, to get people back to work or get people back into their daily living. Mm -hmm. So, and remember in Chinese medicine, pain is just stagnation and it's obstruction. So, you know, Chinese medicine was really developed with these concepts in mind that we need to find where the pain is and then remove it through the meridian system or the fascial system. So like our thinking is very different, but also a lot of Twina, the, the different movements that we make is based on thinking of the body in three dimensions, right? So that's why a lot of our techniques are a lot of plucking. Um, we do a lot of rolling. We do a lot of grasping, things to, to get things moving. Um, and then it's also too, it's very, um, in China, the Twina practitioners are actually the bone setters and like the chiropractors. Um, so you'd go to like a Twina hospital, um, and you'd get, you know, for a lot of musculoskeletal stuff, you end up getting just acupuncture and Twina, um, the combination, which is like super effective. Um, so you, you know, along with the actual treatment afterwards, we do a lot of like passive movement and traction and things like that. Um, and so it's almost like a Chinese PT. So we really, it's, it's super effective for the orthopedic disorders. Yeah, I found it for, um, I mean, I had PT after my knee, but it just wasn't enough. And mm -hmm. I, I included it in, in what I had done, but you were the catalyst of, you know, what work I had done on you. And I mean, it's not that it wasn't, you know, to be honest, I, I mean, when she was working on me, it was painful, but it was kind of like that good pain. I mean, I was screaming like for my shoulder I was like ah you know like and really loud but I'll tell you I felt fine afterwards I mean two days afterwards I felt like myself yeah so I mean to me that's worth the price of of whatever to to have done you know like mm -hmm. instead of actually you know maybe going to a physician now when people have say um a, a tear and um, surgery is required, or you know, you know that there's a tear there, or and they're just shooting it. You know, say a shoulder injury with silt. Uh, what is it? Um, uh, cortisone. Cortisone. Yes. Um, when they're shooting it up with cortisone, I mean, is that 
what do you, how do you see that in our culture as an effective, you know, uh, way to handle something or is there a better way to, to deal with that? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, if you have, if you have a full out complete tear, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to get much result from this work and you, we know pretty fast. I mean, mm-hmm. when someone comes in and we treat them and you know, within one to three treatments, they come back and they're exactly the same. There is absolutely no improvement. It's, it's pretty like clear that there's, you know, a full, if they haven't been able to get the MRI yet, it, there's pretty much a full tear. Um, but everything else, if there's a partial tear, like, I mean, I've totally helped that, you know, tween iron, acu- uh, tween iron acupuncture can really help. Um, most people that, you know, Sometimes I've recommended cortisone for people, but that's only usually when they can't walk and it's usually herniated discs. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it, it really is just a band-aid. And in the end, it doesn't do any good for the person because it gives them a little bit of release so they can do things that they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And then they come back in more injured. Yeah. Um, and then it also deteriorates the tissue as well. So, um, yeah, so I always recommend, you know, come in and if you have that partial tear, I can definitely help you. Yeah. Um, I had seen recently, I don't know, it's probably on Facebook, um, this new procedure for, say, ACLs where they're, you know, injecting. I don't know if you know anything about it. I mean, if you don't, that's fine, but you might. Um, where they're injecting, like, blood platelets into where the ACL is so the ACL can grow back. Because mm. it's, I mean, in the past, they... they um, used to do surgery for like an MCL tear or, or any of the, or lateral, um, mm-hmm. ligament there. And now they don't, but the ACL, they still do cadaver, mm-hmm. um, re- reconstructions and stuff. And, um, now they have this new treatment. I think they're doing it at one of the hospitals in Boston. Not, I can't recall where, but, um, it is with this new, like they're, they're actually putting like, you know, something into that injecting like blood platelets or something into that area and then the the um the tendon will grow back hmm. and have you heard any of this in in um in anything like that or any, no. any of your patients <laughs> yeah patients i mean talk about anything like that or not for acls i've yeah. heard of them doing something similar for tennis elbow which is interesting because it's you know it's a similar yeah it's a similar idea that Mm. you flush the area with new blood and cells Mm. and fluid and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I haven't heard of that. Okay. And I have a patient right now who she's about to get ACL surgery in a couple of weeks. So she's actually been able to have pretty much no pain and been able to do what she, she needs to do leading up to the surgery. So she's in, that's another thing about this medicine is that it can get you in a really good place to get a surgery if you need it. And then it also helps with recovery time. Yeah. So it'd be like maybe a quicker recovery time. Oh yeah. yeah. No, usually folks are back on their feet like within a week. I mean, it's quick. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to injuries that have old adhesions or, you know, maybe even better associated with say emotional adhesions in your body, like, you know, this combination of the two, like we have the adhesion because I felt like too, like my shoulder could have been, you know, partly due to some emotional, because I felt like when you were working on me with the Twina, that I was having, you know, an emotional release mm-hmm. along with the physical release. Mm-hmm. So these adhesions, what, you know, what, what's a recommended approach and regain balance, flexibility or range of motion? How, you know, like, what would you, what would be your process with a client on achieving that? Because I know, you know, like, you're doing, you're working the physical side, but I know you also know the emotional side of when your clients come in here because you are an empath and how you kind of, you know, you might guide them. You'll say things in your practice. I know you did to me and I had to go out. And when I left, I looked at those things internally and it did help in my healing and in my, the progression of my healing. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you approach that on a client? Well, in Chinese medicine, um, there's, there's two aspects of working with the body um, and it is through the meridian system and that's really just a the fascial system 
but there's different lines that of um, there's like pathways in the body that are connected with the organs, right? So there's always a blood component or a fluid component, and then there's always an energetic, and that energetic is the emotion of the organ. So where the person has pain indicates for us, you know, which organ it's attached to, and then each organ has an emotion. And so we're able to detect through that process of diagnosis about what type of um, emotion that person you know, had felt in the past or what the nature of that emotional sort of stagnation will be. Um, and then we can almost have like a dialogue with it. But that's one of the gifts of working with the Meridian system is that, and that's also too why, you know, when you do Twina, like you really need to be trained or have training in, in an ener you know, energetic component um, because you're you're also moving a lot of energy through the people, you know, through your mm. your patients, um, mm. as well as physical obstruction of blood and fluids. And then remember, like what the body does when there's been like a even an emotional trauma or anything, it will if the person isn't able at the time to move it through their body, it will stay it will stay in them in the mm. meridian, and the body sort of walls it off with. We call it yin, but it's all, it's like, it's stored within the fat or the tissue, right? So that's mm -hmm. why Twina can be very, very powerful because mm -hmm. you're working with that system and kind of dredging up that for it to be released. So when right? I'm kind of cupping, you, you do the cupping too. Does do that help cupping, with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's more, that? I mean, that's more toxins okay. and I mean, blood stagnation, things mm -hmm. like that, but, um, you know, I think the acupuncture in the Twina is, um, is really how, you know, we sort of dredge the emotion out of the body. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's effective. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. I know when you did my shoulder and, and, and it's funny mm -hmm. because the tension wasn't held in the injured part. It was held more, more so on the opposite side. That was, that was fine. Mm -hmm. But that side, when she worked on that side, I thought I was going to die. Mm -hmm. And and then after, I felt like a million bucks. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, you know, like it was a huge release, mm -hmm. and and uh, I, I I couldn't I couldn't even believe it. Like the, the mm -hmm. difference, and didn't even know I was walking around with that. That yes. was the amazing thing. You know, the pain showed up in a the opposite side of my body, but the emotional pain was was held definitely. I in in another part and part of that pain um kim and i have a you know a mutual kind of do you mind if i bring it up no um a mutual uh loss in our lives um we both had younger sisters that uh we lost and <coughs> unbeknownst to myself part of that shoulder pain that i was having was um due to the loss of my sister uh due to cancer and kim actually lost her sister a few years back to, uh, to cancer. And, um, and it does affect those that are left behind um, in a lot of ways. And, and this was one of the questions that I had for you is how did you know, that even affect your choice of a career and getting into the things that you're doing now? Because I know you really spent, you know, like when you're looking at, as a healer, you're looking at somebody and you're like, oh, I want to save them, but you, you know you can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you still feel like if you just went this way and, and did it this way and this path, but that's really not the truth of, of, of um, life. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not a, it's kind of our ego talking a little bit. And, and have you had to deal with that? Because even as a fighter, you guys, are, you know, when you're going in the cage and stuff, you're, you're dealing with that too. Your ego is sometimes in the way and, and um, you know, um, removing that somehow. I, I don't even actually know what the question is, but I think, I think you understand what I'm trying to talk about here. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean, my, the passion that drove me to go and find a teacher in Twina and go to Quebec three or four times a year for three years, like, um, <clears throat> that, that drive was really, I wanted to prevent people from suffering the way I did with chronic pain in my shoulder and um and so you know <clears throat> and then you realize at some point like after you've been seeing people for a long time and 
you know, that you can help everybody. And I think like I've always learned so much from my own personal experience. You know, it's all woven in between my clinical um, education and also, you know, what I've learned from my teachers. And so I've been able to really learn, especially with cancer, how it's multifactorial. You know, there's a lot of different factors, but also um, I feel like because I've had personal experience with so many things, I'm able to talk from that place inside me and be very direct with other people the way that maybe some other people can't. Mm -hmm. um, and I already know that, I mean, a lot of times in this practice, you know, um, I've had to completely step out of the way and really, mo well, all of the time, try to as much as I can and really tap into something much greater, you know, and, you know, and Qigong and um, that tradition, you know, they call it the Tao and, you know, people call it God, people call it a lot of different things, but it really is tapping into that source of energy, mm -hmm. you know, that's available to all of us. And, um, and I think that's been like, so crucial as I go on. And, you know, because you think you, you think you've learned a lot and you think you've figured some stuff out and, and then there's always someone, you know, another client to come in, another patient to come in that you have no idea. And you're like, okay, let's just follow the protocol. You know, how do mm -hmm. I, you know, give this over and uh, let go of any results and okay, what have my personal experience been? What have I been taught? And uh, what have I learned in clinic? And bringing all that into the treatment. Wow. Wow. So there's real separation there then too of, mm -hmm. of um, you treating the client and whatever the outcome might be. Yeah. Because wow. you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. Where you get tied up in it and emotions involved. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. we care so much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you've been um, doing a lot of studying, traveling, I think, um, and some spiritual studying. You've been to Ireland mm -hmm. and to um, Scotland, I think, and then you've been down to Mexico to some places. And what is, what are you, what are you studying now? Give us a broad view of it all, I guess. <laughs> um, well, the interesting thing about a lot of the studying I've done within Mexico and the different teachers is, is again, like indigenous people or indigenous teachings have always believed that, you know, humans experience trauma. It's just part of life, you know, and, um, but, but just like Chinese medicine and just like a lot of the Toltec teachings I've studied, you know, that we need to remove that trauma from the body. And so a lot of my work down there is learning how to work with more of the obsidian stone in different teachings that would allow the transformation of that trauma within the body and remove it and the transformation of our thinking as a result of that. Because, you know, Chinese medicine and Toltec philosophy, you know, they're, they're connected. You know, we're not really separate and they work, you know, they work between each other. And um, so that's a lot of my, um, the work that I did there. And then recently I've been turning my attention more toward my own heritage and um, my roots in Scotland and um, more of the Celtic sort of thinking. And, and I thought this had to do with Conor McGregor. That's why she went over there. Uh, <laughs> just um you know i i work with a group of folks who are astrologers and astronomers and um we go to different places and and really the energetics of it is to well historically to learn the the history of the place and the history of um the history of ireland and scotland but also you know how these how these people thought when they were building these amazing stone monuments you know and they're just they're complete connection with the earth and the sky and um and how it how it's still you know there in ireland it's like it's like perfect you know mm -hmm. so i just really as as a person that was originally trained in energy and I'm very sensitive to energy um i get so much from these places that we go to 
um, just to try to connect with the energies there. Mm. It just nourishes me. Yeah. So, um, and then it really helps, you know, it helps me. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm connected to my ancestors in a lot of ways, like spiritually. And so I just feel closer to them and my own heritage. That's cool. It, yeah. It, it, it brings you kind of back even to in, into your practice though, too. You've, you're filling yourself up mm -hmm. and, and then you're able to treat other people too in a more holistic I think, way because you're taking care of your spiritual side too. There's different quadrants in our lives to maintain balance. You know, there's, you have your career, you have your relationships, you have the spiritual side, you have your, you know, recreation hobbies, you have your health and taking mm -hmm. care of it all and, you know, maintaining balance in, in that. And that sounds like what you're doing when you, when you do these things. Yeah. It nourishes you. That was the big thing, the big takeaway, nourishing your, yourself. Exactly. On that. Um, and I think when I was more going out of Mexico, I mean, that definitely helped me um, to maintain my practice and also keep treating patients, even when my sister was sick. And then mm -hmm. as she um, began to, um, you know, begin to pass and um, going down there really helped me energetically. Mm -hmm. um, to it, to really draw from the energies of that place because I mean, the energies are really amazing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that those years that I was there, mm -hmm. I almost depended on that, that land there and, um, to really, to keep me going. Mm -hmm. Um, and now not so much, like, I mean, now I've developed enough, you know, enough ways in my daily life to nourish myself and, mm -hmm. um, in the daily practice and things like that. And so I don't need those places as much as I used to right. because I'm constantly, I'm more connected with my source now mm -hmm. and I've more structured my life so that I, you know, I live in a beautiful place near the ocean. So like, I just feel nourished all the time and mm -hmm. I, you know, I have very different eating patterns and it's just everything is now that I'm being nourished on a daily basis. I don't really have to travel. It's something I need to do every year mm. now. Mm -hmm. um, not a couple of times a year like I used to, but mm. um, like I go there for more like, yeah, spiritual and like the social nourishment of just people who we think alike. Mm -hmm. um, I love being around astrologers. <laughs> They're really neat people. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and I just come back and I just feel full. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that, you know, you know, going to certain places that there's a healing energy there that you wouldn't have gotten, say, living in the city or even living where you live now? Mm -hmm. and, and that was part of the attraction. Because I know when my sister passed away, I ended up going to Thailand and I spent a month over there and I didn't want to come back because the just the vibration and the energy that was here and that I was coming back to didn't nourish me mm -hmm. and I was so aware but I, I I still had I had I had to come back you know you, you, there's a responsibility of, of your own life and the structure of your life and the people that you are on the journey with mm -hmm. and you're like sorry you can't get away from them you did for a little while we gave you a break but <laughs> no you gotta get back and 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 um yeah, did you find a little of that happening, and that's why you needed to take the, the, the two, the, maybe two or three trips in that year, and then, I mean, this is kind of silly stuff to talk about, but it's real. No, it is real, and yeah. I really do think that these these places are, you know, we can really, I feel like there's these places of, of just these greater vibrations of these this energy that really helps us so much, like down in Mexico, you go there and you're able to like really process and um, evolve quickly, mm. quicker with yeah. your thinking because the vibration is so high. So you can like, you can move a lot through your body a lot quicker. Mm. Um, you know, and it's not just in Mexico, it's lots of different places all over the world, you know, mm. with these different vortexes, I guess you call them of energy mm. um, that just make us feel different, you know, because mm -hmm. It really is all about like, you know, it's about change and a shift in perception, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I think a lot of people are looking for. A lot of people come here for that. Yeah, and a vibrational change. Exactly. Like, and a free, is setting yourself up for a frequency that you can maintain. Exactly. And that's what Tween Iron Acupuncture do too. It helps remove obstructions so that you can almost like vibrate at a different level. 
Yeah, that's what a lot of people. Yeah, you don't want to be a low frequency. Right. Oh, I'm in hate and anger zone, (laughs) and I'm gonna stay there. And everybody around me, you you know that. Like if you walk up to somebody and they're like, you sense it. You're like, whoa. And they don't even have to say anything. They do. They just might hold their body in a different way. They might look at you in a different way. And then you can see somebody like this morning on the way here. I stopped at the gas station, and the guy. I mean, this is like at four in the morning. He. He's he's in the the window and he's waving at me. <laughs> yes, you're smiling. Right? Yes, he's he's like happy to see me. <laughs> like you just set the tone of my day, dude. And I waved back at him. It was awesome. <laughs> you know? And I mean that was a happy dude. And I'm like that's the kind of vibration you want to be setting up yourself for on a constant basis. And to wake up like that, Mm -hmm. to wake up like that. And I know like when I had treatment with this lady here, man, I felt like a million bucks and I felt like, yes, this is great. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, even, you know, dealing with whatever emotional things I was dealing with, plus the physical, it was really, really quite something. So you touched on like, you know, your, your gardening a little bit, like your, you know, what you eat and all that. So you're, you've turned into an avid gardener seasonal, but like, I think you would do it year round if you could in New England. But, um, so tell us a little bit about nutrition because, um, it's really important for, you know, an athlete and, um, if you're a fighter and what's your approach to that when, when you're seeing clients to uh, do add that into the treatment when you're treating, uh, your, your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and my, I guess my, my history in being an environmental activist, like I've always been, you know, a promoter of like local farms and local food and sustainability and things like that. Um, so as much as I can, I've tried to adhere to that on my own. Um, and then when I finally got, a I lived in a place with a little bit of land. I started um, growing my own food. And it's amazing that you can grow so much food on a very small patch of land. Like, I can't even believe most people don't grow their own food because it's so easy. Like, everybody thinks it's, they need to go to class or something like that. And seriously, no, like, all you need is soil and put the little baby plants in there and give them some fertilizer and, like, pretty much, you know, give them energy and that's it. And water. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not even water. Like you just have to give them energy and they'll grow. Like seriously, not to sound, you know, kind of funny about it, but but it really takes very little effort. And um, and so, you know, I one of the things that I always um emphasize in my practice, because I do it with myself too. If anything is wrong, it's like, okay, let's take a look at what you're putting in your mouth, right? Because a lot of problems, especially in today's society is caused by diet, you know, and just especially, you know, with women, just with fluctuating insulin levels, with like high carb diets and things. And um, it can really make a big impact on your body and how you feel during the day. And, you know, it's very, I feel like diet is very individual. Um, So not everybody's going to love eating meat. You know, I really like the the blood type diets. I think they're very, they're interesting to work with in clinic a little bit, um, as well as, you know, principles that we believe in in Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the beginning um, of the stomach and the spleen as mostly in charge of, you know, the warmth of the body and chi and, you know, good digestion and things like that. So I always emphasis, emphasize, you know, the importance of warm foods, especially here in New England, um, in eating seasonally. You know, we can get away with a lot more salads in the summertime, but absolutely not in the wintertime here, you know, mm, and yeah. not a lot of raw food either, yeah. you know, really during the winter, like we need, you know, if you're a woman and you're still bleeding, then, you know, animal protein is probably going to be helpful, you know, during that part of your life. Um, and if you do a lot of manual labor, you know, but really it's protein and veggies and fat, like we just love those types of foods in New England during the winter. We have to eat like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. to keep our strength up. Yeah. I just, um, I, I, I've always felt like fat was an important part of my eating in my diet, but for some reason, culturally, uh, people mm-hmm. are like, no, it causes you to get fat, but that's not true. No. And, um, I, I just, uh, 
there's a guy that I have been listening to now that um, is talking about ketosis and and having a high fat and low carb kind of diet and you know medium protein, uh, which is way different thinking but you have to make sure that it's right for you too because mm-hmm. you have different um everybody's chemical background mm-hmm. in their bodies is, is is different but uh, i just found that really fascinating that we are turning the page and finally going in that direction and my body has felt that mm-hmm. like that's what it wants i'm like throw on like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> throw on the butter but like mm-hmm. um i mean i like the coconut oil you know like and i feel way better like yeah. if i have that i feel way better less inflammation in the body mm-hmm. um and more energy more mind stimulating all that and and uh now there's people that are actually talking about it that this is the way to go so and for athletes i think that's going to be a big thing for them i think they already know it and we are athletes are the ones that that set the stage for what the the general population will be doing but we got to get that information out there because they are the, they are the testers they put their bodies to the extreme mm-hmm. so you recently um have been working with um uh an nfl football player um mm-hmm. affiliated with the um New England Patriots <laughs> <laughs> and and um you know can we say his name or can we say who it is? Yeah, I mean it was yeah. Ted Karras because he gave me permission to use his testimonial on yeah. my website. So yeah. you can just read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's can you tell us a little bit about how you've been helping him? And, and, um, and then we can go into like, you know, how your work would definitely help a professional athlete as well as, you know, the the common, you know, Mm -hmm. general, like me, you know? Um, so I mean, as you can read in his testimonial, he came in, um, due to an old injury he had had for a couple of months and, um, he had gotten traditional, you know, physical therapy and the therapies that they offer the guys, um, through their system. And um, he was still limping um, for like two or three months. And um, one of the interesting things he said was that most football players retire because of their feet, because they have a lot of feet problems. Who would? Who I would guessed? never, I thought it would be like hitting. Right. Or something. No feet. 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 So, like plantar fasciitis or something? Or? No, like just foot problems. And, um, yeah, so that it was very, so feet are actually one of my specialties. (laughs) Ah, I I know I work with, um, uh, quite a few dancers and ballerinas. And so through them, that's when I really learned. Um, plus we have, we have, we have, um, foot protocols in Trina and we do foot acupuncture and, um, and the combination is just really, really good for folks. So, um, you know, one of the things about athletes that I love working with is that whether it be a football player or a dancer is that, you know, they're always in some kind of level of discomfort a lot of times because of what they do, Mm -hmm. you know, so their nervous systems are just a little bit different, I think, than the regular person. And, um, they can take a lot of very, very deep work. Mm -hmm. And so most all of them love Trina. So, I mean, generally, you know, I'll work, it'll take almost like, um, you know, about an hour to do Twina on one leg mm-hmm. for, you know, some, someone like a Patriot or, you know, something like a basketball, you know, a professional basketball player. Because what you're doing is like, we go meridian by meridian and basically clear out all the adhesions. And most everybody's had some kind of injury or, you know, ACL reconstruction, something. Yeah. Every yeah. single athlete has had usually something by the time they get in here. Um, and so it's, um, it's always a matter of like clearing out those old adhesions, usually from the surgeries, and then getting that limb to function again, you know? And, and it really is a matter of just like, you know, we're digging out stuff and then readjusting the structure, you know, through the passive movement and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, then you have to work on sort of the, the whole structure so that the body can, because the body goes through this process of integration because you fix, you know, you start working with a leg or a knee or a foot. I mean, if you, if you realign the foot, most, a lot of folks, you know, have feet that are just misaligned or, you know, 
the tendon gets off in the ankle and you know it can throw off the whole foot but once that's like reset and then you have to think about like okay like you know they're they're putting pressure on that foot like they hadn't before and then you have to go back and like help them you know to readjust and sort of like start working on the other leg and you know work on the torso and the back and mm -hmm. sort of get them almost realigned like mm -hmm. completely so they're almost like they're you know and they're in a they're in like their brain is sort of holding them in a very different space so um, of injury of being injured and not being yeah, able exactly. to do something and you're like yeah you can <laughs> yeah and that's when we do the passive movement and traction mm -hmm. and that is actually for the brain it helps the brain to reset and figure out like oh, okay this is where i am in space and time now mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. so always with them i mean our sessions are usually about two hours um with professional athletes um and again, it's just this really with them, it's wonderful working with them because you can do whatever you want and go really, really deep and they can, they can take a lot of treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also they get, you know, they get amazing results Yeah. and not, and they only need a few treatments. That's the, yeah. that's the nice thing about working with athletes. They, they really, um, they're really good with the treatment. They yeah. respond really well. I think, do you think it's because they are so physical yeah. in, in their training, so they're used to that high intensity impact on their body? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know, like, from experience, having you work on me, that was painful, but I knew I could take that kind of pain because of, probably, if, if, if I hadn't done martial arts training, um, mm. that would, I'd be a little, like, less likely to, you know, I probably would have been like, I'm never going back <laughs> or, or, you know, like I, I'd be less likely because I, I didn't have that kind of core strength of, or that mental aptitude of, you know, cause most people think of a massage, oh, I'm just going to go down there and get a little rub down or whatever. No, that'll feel good. I mean, even sports like uh, massage isn't quite the same as what this is at all. And, and I don't mm -hmm. think at all. No. <clears throat> From what I've had anyways. I mean, it, it d does work, but this is even a deeper work. Um, if you were going to treat, like, I mean, you know, the martial arts, say, say you had Conor McGregor or, or, or uh, somebody that was like injured. Like Wanda. <laughs> or like Wanda. <laughs> say they come to you once a month but in that interim that they don't that they're not here getting this kind of treatment what are three things that they could do outside of you know because maybe they can't afford it or mm -hmm. what what could what could they do for themselves that would really keep them out of harm's way for long-term training like so that they can you know maybe fight into their 30s 40s mm -hmm. 50s or they can train all along at that time without major you know um, issues like arthritis showing mm -hmm. up, especially as you age, mm -hmm. um, with joint issues and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Is there anything that they could do? Maybe three things that you could think of off the top of your head. Yeah. Like the first one is that, um, usually a lot of athletes or people who are in training eat a lot of like whey powder protein or they eat a lot of bars or like cold type things. Um, like lots of shakes, lots of smoothies. And so, what I always try to get people to do is to really go back to whole food and, you know, just to really get in those meals, make, make sure you're not eating too many salads. It makes a difference, you know, eat the cooked veggies um, because that diet is also going to cut down on your inflammation. Um, and so that's one of the things I sort of stress mm -hmm. um, getting them off the cold raw stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second is really changing up their program a little bit and adding some yoga because yoga really helps to stretch out the body and remove the adhesions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then also too, just like, you know, when you're an athlete or especially in MMA, like 
um, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, you're, you're in a high adrenaline state and um, you're, in, you're in a fight or flight state, you know? So we need to really think about like getting you out of that state um, on a regular basis and bringing your body back down to zero. And if you need to do that on your, we do that here in the clinic through the acupuncture, but really to help and incorporate like the 20 minutes of breathing in the morning and getting your body, that's almost a reset button. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, you know, just really thinking about like, um, the, well, that's what they can do on their own, like pretty much for free. Yeah. So maybe you can go to class, but you can do something online too. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much online stuff. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, if you're even don't have the time or whatever. Um, wow. That's really good pointers. Mm-hmm. So, um, you're, one of the things that I thought was funny when um, that nice testimonial came out and you had shared with me that now you don't feel like a fraud anymore. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I think that that happens to all of us. We're like, you know, we're Given not, legitimacy. It gives you like, you know, yes, the legitimacy, whatever. But like, this is one of the questions that I've been asking probably everybody. It, it's like you somewhere along the line at being a woman and you're in, you have your own business Mm -hmm. and you've done a lot of work over the years and, and, you know, like, you're like, Oh, wow. I'm finally coming over that. But did you ever feel like, you know, when you were younger or something held you back because you were a woman that, you know, you, you felt like, no, I can't, society was telling me no, or literally telling you no, that, you were unable to do something, but you went ahead and did it, you know, anyways, is there ever a time that you felt that way? Um, probably, I mean, I was raised by my dad pretty much since I was 14 and, you know, he, he always encouraged me to do everything and anything I wanted to. Um, and so I never felt held back. Um, I guess the only thing that I felt, um, at like not a disadvantage, but the things that have come up during my practice over the past 10 years have been some of the, say, information I gave or suggestions I would give um, or prognosis I would give um, often, you know, was ignored. And then I would have that client come back and have been to a male doctor who said the exact same thing. Um, and that they, you know, they, they tell me what he said, which is exactly what I told them, but it was more, it feels like it was just more legitimate because it was coming from him. Um, And then at the same time, I feel like too, that, um, I know if I was a man, I don't know if people would question my prices, you know, or ask for discounts. I know it happens, but Mm. I don't know if that's just being a woman in this field, you know, Mm. that, you know, if I was a man, I'd have more authority or people would look at me as have more authority, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't happen so much now. Um, I just I think things have changed so much, Yeah, you know? Yeah, you turn the page a little bit too. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, and the culture too, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, things are definitely shifting mm-hmm. and, and yeah. different with that sh- with Me Too thing. And <laughs> yeah, it's all, all shifting. That. It's mm-hmm. all, yeah. Um, Wow, this was really a great talk. Um, I I think we covered everything that I was hoping to, and even more. And mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you. I mean, what a what a great chat we had. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I hope this has helped somebody. I I do too. I think it will definitely um, speak to some fighters that might have injuries or help mm. you know recover from stuff. I actually have a couple of clients that I'm thinking of, you know, about the whole shoulder stuff that they, they, they would enjoy listening to it. So um, if you liked what you heard today and are eager to hear more, remember to subscribe or download us at iTunes. And uh, better yet, drop us a line or with an email. Give me your email address. Um, that way I can get you these podcasts out when they come out. That would be awesome. The other thing you can do is follow us on Facebook.com backslash I love WMMA.
And you can also check out, just the list goes on. You can check out uh, my blog at www.evolvedwmma.com. And this is Shelly Devine. Until next time, thanks for listening.